0: But a couple of weeks ago, uh, our family continued our tradition of the annual Santa photo. Um, Now, you look at this photo and you see some beautiful, good-looking, well-behaved, angelic children. (laughs) When it comes to Santa photos, and life, uh, I admit, but when it comes to Santa photos, it's not always been like this. At least some of our kids used to be intimidated by Santa, and you can understand that really, can't you? I mean, what other random stranger dressed up in this weird outfit do we expect our kids to go and sit on their lap and smile happily while we take photos of them so we had to kind of acclimate our our kids to Santa we had to get uh, used to Santa and what Maren did was each time she was at the shop she would take our kids first just to to look at Santa you know there'd be people lined up having their photos taken she would just stand back and just you know see out there Santa see what he's doing and just just kind of watch and observe him if it was quiet, she'd perhaps take the kids in, not for a photo, not for anything, but just to get closer to Santa and, and maybe say hello to Santa. They might have a bit of a, a chat with Santa. Again, then, to the next step might be just to just go and get close to him, sit on his lap and have that conversation before finally, after four or five or potentially more visits, they were ready to sit on his lap and have the smiling Happy photo. And so the end result now is that we can have smiling, happy kids in Santa photos each year, but it all started just by looking at him. It all started with beholding him. And and the carol that we last sung has in it this line for us to come and behold him. Now this carol is not talking about Santa. It's not talking about getting your kids ready for a Santa photo. It's talking about Jesus, about the babe in the manger. And so that's what we do on Christmas Day as we gather at church this morning. We come to behold Him. But the question is, what is it that we're looking at? At its simplest, we come to behold a baby. Christmas is all about the birth of the baby Jesus, and we remember that and celebrate that on on this day. But is that all that we've come to see? I mean, babies are born every day. And, And let's be honest... They're not that attractive when they're new. It takes a little while. It takes a, a few days at least for them to kind of start to grow into their, their cuteness. I remember visiting my, uh, one of my nieces or nephews when they were first born and my sister just laid it out there and said, yeah, they're not very attractive. They're pretty ugly at this point because they're still all squished and, and the skin's, you know, whatever. So. We goo and we gar over babies, and if I've come and visited your baby in hospital, I'm sure it is the cutest thing in the world, despite what I've just said, you know. We might even say, "You're the best baby I ever seen." But the honest truth is that they take a bit of time to grow into it. even baby Yoda, he's like 50. More than that, you know, human babies, they're 100 percent dependent on others for their care. They can't do anything for themselves. I mean, Jesus would grow into a man and do some pretty spectacular stuff, but, but at this point, he's just a baby like any other. It's not like he's come out of the womb walking and talking. I mean, that, that's something that we'd understand, you know, the attraction of, of going and seeing, but he comes as weak and as dependent as all babies are. So when we come to behold him, yes, we've come to see a baby. But there has to be something more going on. There has to be something different about this baby that makes Christmas the big deal that it is. So when the wise men came looking for Jesus, following the star that led from their home in the east, they came to King Herod in Jerusalem and they asked him, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. These wise men were coming to behold a baby or more likely a toddler by the time he got there. But to behold a baby who was born king, they came to behold a king. Now, according to the magazines that you browse while waiting for your haircut or, or your doctor's appointment, royal babies are quite the big deal. Apparently, there, there's we all need to know about royal babies. But when they're born, they're, they're just born as a prince or as a princess. But Jesus was a baby born as a king. The prophet Isaiah gave this description in anticipation of Jesus' birth. He said, For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice. And with righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. For us in a day when the president of the USA is being impeached, when our own prime minister cops a whole lot of slack for being on holidays while there are bushfires across our country, the thought of a king who rules with justice and with righteousness, the thought of a king who is truly great, and who will bring peace and stability to the world. That's appealing. We actually long for such a king, don't we? And in Jesus, that's what we see. As an adult, he announced the kingdom of God where, where his rule and reign would be enacted in the world to make all things new and right once more. And this kingdom is here now with Jesus as king and it will be here in fullness when he comes again. Yet even now, those who submit to his rule can experience a foretaste of what will come. This is what we come and behold, Jesus, a baby-born king. So with the thoughts of that in mind, let's stand and let's sing again about a new king born today. We've been called this morning to come and behold him, to come and see the baby uh, born in a manger but born king. Yet there is more when we look at Jesus. The one, uh, one of the promises made about him and fulfilled in him is that he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God became flesh and made his dwelling among us, the scriptures say. They also declare that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. And elsewhere it says that he is the image of the invisible God. And so the more we grasp this, the more incredible we realize it is. This baby, born king, laying in a manger, in a stable with the animals because there was no room anywhere else for him. Born to humble parents from in obscurity, visited by shepherds and wise men. This baby is God. What does such a picture tell you about God? He is God with us. He shared in our weakness and meekness and mess and still he embraced us nevertheless. He's not a cosmic police officer or high court judge sitting up in heaven and, and untouched by our reality. He's not some benign grandfather who promises that everything will be all right and just gives you know lollies to the kids all, all the time as if everything will be okay when really he's got no idea what's going on in the world these days. He entered into our world, into our life, and he experienced it alongside us. He's able to empathize with us, having suffered as we do. And he promises now that through faith in him, that he will never leave us or forsake us, but he will be with us in and through all things. No wonder we make such a big deal of Jesus at at Christmas, because he's not just a baby. He's not even just a good and righteous king. But he is God in the flesh, come down, come near to us. But why did God come near in this way? Why did God humble himself to be born a baby and to live among us? Well, in the story of his birth we read that there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth lying in a manger. The angels had good news of great joy for all the people. And what was that news? That a Savior had been born. In this bushfire season, I don't know about you, but I've seen um, numerous stories, photos, videos about people who've been rescuing our wildlife, particularly koalas. You see them being rescued, rehydrated, kept cool and safe. And they're the feel-good stories in the midst of it all because uh, they're the firefighters themselves who are the real heroes in this. They're out there doing their absolute best to to save people and property from the raging fires. They're risking their lives and even losing their lives on behalf of others. But the task that is before them, it's it's overwhelming, it's monumental. Now Jesus too faced a monumental and overwhelming task. But unlike the fires that dominate our our news coverage that, that we can't escape from as we see and smell the smoke in the air... All too often we are unaware of what it is that we need saving from. An angel told Joseph that Mary will give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus, which means God saves because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came to save us not from life-threatening fires, not from property-destroying devastation, not from disheartening drought, but he came to save us from our sin, the thing is, we don't realize that we need saving, and so we miss the good news of great joy that is His birth. But the reality is, Jesus came into our world to live our life, but to do so free from sin. To then die our death, uh, the death that our sin deserves, bearing it upon a cross as He died, as He died there, and He took its punishment. And he did so in order to save us from our sin and to give us his life in return. And that sounds a bit weird in some ways. But think about it. If someone has wronged you, you have a choice. You can pay them back. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You can make them suffer and hurt just as you have done because of them. You can hold back your forgiveness. You can continue to give them the cold shoulder. You can use words in such a way that stabs in the knife again and gives it a little jiggle around. You can make them pay for the hurt they've caused you. Or you can forgive them. And when you do that, when you forgive them, you are the one, though, who's bearing the cost and the hurt and the pain of the wrong. Forgiveness means not paying them back but it means wearing it yourself. And in Jesus, God in the flesh, He chose to forgive, which meant that instead of punishing us as our sins deserved, He took it upon Himself. He bore the pain of our wrongdoing. And because He did that for us, we are free from it. And we are then able to live the life that Jesus lived, a life lived with God, forgiven, free from the power of sin, in the fullness and the abundance of life that God offers us. So the baby in a manger might not look like much, but when we stop and look, when we come and behold Him, we see God's gracious action on our behalf to be our Savior from our sin. I started this morning by saying, that in our family we can now have happy, smiling kids in Santa photos each year because we started with just looking at and beholding Him. With well, this Christmas and this morning, the invitation has been for us to come and to behold Jesus. It doesn't mean that we'll be happy and smiling all the time. It doesn't mean that life will suddenly be rosy and easy. But beholding Jesus as He is, Beholding Him as King, as God with us and as our Saviour means that life can be different. It means that there can be transformation because in Jesus there is hope and comfort and security and forgiveness and freedom and fullness and joy. This is the gift of God to us. And I pray that this morning as we've gathered to behold Him, I pray that you would receive this gift and experience this life through trusting in Jesus, and so let me pray for us to that end. God, I thank you for our time together this morning. I thank you for what we have seen of who Jesus is as we've come and we've beheld Him. We thank you that He was a baby born, but that He grew um, into a full and, and rich life, God. And in doing so, He showed us that He is your good and righteous, perfect King. That He is you with us, stooping down to enter into our life, into our world, that you would then save us from it. We thank you for the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. And I pray, God, that for those of us who trust in him and who have received uh, his life and and forgiveness through faith in him, God, that this morning we just celebrate that truth again. And for those of us here, God, who have come maybe unwilling, maybe out of tradition, maybe uh, in response to an invite, but who come having not really thought about Jesus much at Christmas. God, I pray uh, for them too, that, that they've come and they've beheld Jesus. May they realize the difference that he would make to their lives and may they respond to him and receive this gift that you have given to us. We pray, God, and we just rejoice in this fact that we have a Savior. In him we trust and declare our praise this morning. Amen.